0: Thanks for tuning in to Power Athlete Radio featuring The Crew, where a former pro football player and a D3 All Star use strength and conditioning as an excuse to talk about anything but. Now, here's John and Tex.
1: Sorry. No, I was going to, do, do you remember that pure
2: pharma back in the early days at CrossFit? They, they sold like, Oh yeah, um, yeah,
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So they came out with like a vegan uh, protein and they came and, and uh, you know, sampled it. And it, I mean, it tasted like ass. It was terrible.
3: Dude, when I had well Food Co., we were trying to figure out how to make a salmon protein. Mm. And so we had like, so joe who was my partner was like in the fish he had like a client that like basically what they were doing was they were taking the salmon that they couldn't sell and then like somehow turning them into like a powder and then i think yeah. they were using the powder for like dog bangs and all this and they were like what about salmon protein this shit had like 40 grams of protein per scoop like it was like clo- i mean like everything about it was perfect other than the taste of old dry powdered fish And so we tried everything like, like I, I must've had 400 (laughs) samples of it missed with everything from sugar to monk fruit to chocolate. I mean, like this shit would show up and I'd be like, fuck, I can't drink it anymore to the point where they were like, is there anything? And I'm like, no, like, Uh. like, I don't care. Like there's like nothing like zero taste would be better than the taste that you guys give me. So for almost like a year, I sampled probably, and I I kid you not, it was probably 400 different versions of this salmon protein to the point Um. where like, like any type of protein that tastes weird now i'm just like i'm a fucking puke so yeah uh, and it was the weirdest thing but like kind kind of like happens to you and you guys and your clients where you're like everything's going right you're monitoring calories the training's going pretty well everything and then all of a sudden you make a change and you're like why did the scale go the wrong way it's so fucking weird that that happens and then you know what I'll, i'll make a couple tweaks and it'll be back but it's so funny if you don't weigh yourself like i didn't necessarily notice i was like ah Maybe my pants fit a little tighter or something but i'm like eh, maybe my legs are just <laughs> getting bigger and then sure enough i'm like fuck how did that happen i don't know but we're keeping that story in there no it's a good story. what the <laughs> salmon protein story yeah we're rolling right into uh, it. you well i roll the whole time this yeah, is all this always is always good. Record. this is always, always the good roar <laughs> but yeah it's uh man that's fucking crazy so how you guys doing
0: great doing good doing great.
3: Yeah, the Sam,
1: voices Adam. in which we hear Power uh-huh. Athlete Nation are our nutrition
3: coaches, aka nutrition ninjas. Nutrition ninjas. That's what I call <laughs> them, my nutrition ninjas. They come in with quick strikes and just slash people into pieces. Oh, well, <laughs> John, please. We introduce our ninjas, Mrs. Sam Flaherty uh, and Mr. Rob Xline. Thank you for joining us on another edition of Power Athlete Radio. Great to be here. And we we're going to discuss all things nutrition. So we have this thing called the hotline. It's usually real hot. So hot, it might burn your fingers. And we ask people to call in and leave really good questions. Not really boring stuff, but actually good stuff. And on occasion, we get some really dope nutrition. And when we do, we got to tap in our nutrition ninjas and our experts mm-hmm. to come in and help us eviscerate these questions. And more importantly, what's cool is because Sam and Rob are actually working with power athletes on the various programs on train heroic and you know, they're on the feeds they're pulling them out. People are reaching out, they're booking consults and they're there as an incredible resource to help you meet your goals. So you don't wake up one day, step on the scale and you're 12 pounds heavier. Yep. And they, <laughs> and uh, you're blaming, you know, pea and, protein, how many pea proteins do you, t- or shakes are you take a fucking lot s- salmon <laughs> protein powder, dude, I could probably do an entire podcast on how awful salmon protein powder was. And that entire year of my life where I felt just queasy for a year. Like I was like, I, I felt like I was in like the first trimester of pregnancy and I wasn't pregnant. Uh, well, I once thought I had mono for an entire
1: year. Turned, <laughs> turned out, out I, was I was just really, really bored. bored. <laughs> it's a Wayne's <laughs> Rain's, Rain's World quote. That is correct. Well, the, I, I guess ninjas is the appropriate term because I
3: see them dropping in on the training feeds and yeah. with little little, little facts, tidbits. Uh, how's it going? I mean, I, I know you guys have been reaching out and, um, you know, I've been encouraging you guys to get into the programs. How's the reaction with the clients and the people that are following the training programs with you guys going in there and, uh, you know, booking for, you know, booking consults, bringing on clients, helping people manage the, um, uh, the nutrition templates.
0: It's been going well. I think, uh, every week we have a handful of 15 minute calls, um, I'm getting a ton of emails. My emails are on, and Rob's too are on all the threads. So if you ask a question, you're probably going to get a "Hey, let's talk about this more in depth over email uh, response type thing." Um, but it's pretty exciting seeing people take nutrition more seriously because it makes training better.
3: Oh, so yeah, it's agreed. almost it's almost like they have a symbiotic relationship. Yeah, I don't symbolism. I don't know. What movie is that, Tex? Symbology. Symbology.
1: I don't know, but we said it enough on here. It's That's Boondock Saints. Ah, Willem Dafoe. Oh, what an amazing Symbolism. performance! Symbolism. Okay, um, sorry, not to good. Yeah, yeah, Rob. What's your experience been?
2: Uh, it's been really, it's been really good uh, talking to those guys on the guys and girls on the um, on the feeds. Just you know, uh, they're. I think they're really appreciative to get some of the help and, and be able to ask some questions and actually um, get a human back to them. Um, And a lot of times they think that's uh, a little more than, than they expected. So uh, it's been good to get to know some of the guys and see what their, what their um, challenges are and and be able to kind of walk them through it. And, and, you know, if it works for them, get on coaching. uh,
3: Ooh, what happened there? Sound like a weird echo. We'll have to cut that out. Uh, is there a question like, are, are the questions kind of bucketed? Um, you know, are you seeing a whole bunch of like the similar questions on Jack Street or post from Grindstone and Hammer? I know you guys are dropping in on all the programs and I see it. And I'm obviously asking these questions because they're loaded and my, they're rhetorical in a lot of ways. But, uh, do you find that there's kind of pockets like everybody on Jack Street's trying to put on muscle, obviously. So a lot of people are in that bulking phase, especially this time of year, whereas Hammer's kind of uh, how do I fuel to be able to you know, go far, go fast and you know, have a ton of capacity. So are you seeing them kind of uh, bracket out in such a way where you can kind of say, hey, you know what, if somebody's new to the program, here are the typical questions that people normally following this program are hitting you guys with?
0: Ooh, good question. Uh, yes, I would say that is. They are bucketed. And I feel like every man wants to be 10% body fat. I get that question all the time. Hey, I want to be 10-12% body fat. How do I do that?
3: So <laughs> every, like
0: all every, the every
3: time I've been tend- uh, sub 10% body fat, it was really not a lot of fun.
0: And that's, that's my response. I'm like, yeah, yeah it's going to be sacrifice, but yeah, let's like do it. You're tw- going to need a coach.
3: 12 to 14 is more like, ah, I, I take care. I, I watch what I eat. I exercise. And, but I like to have fun on Saturday for me to be under 10% body fat. There was a uh, seven days of no fun and mm-hmm. monitoring everything and being able to hit everything. So, I mean, when I see those dudes down at like four and 5%, I'm like, that's a lot of no fun.
2: Yeah. No social life. Uh, very few friends, um, very few things you can eat.
3: So, I mean, uh, but the, uh, the other one, and I, th- I always think too, uh, you know, people would like to be that, or I, w- let me see how I put this, but well, they don't realize this muscle is extremely expensive. So, uh, to be sub 10% at like 150 pounds is pretty easy for a six foot tall dude. Now, if you want to be six foot tall guy at like 240 pounds, 235 pounds, 220 pounds, and be sub 10% body fat. Now you're looking at trying to carry over, you know, 200 pounds of lean muscle, which tends to be very expensive. Yep.
1: Excellent points. Shall we get to our question? Because this is all about the, the hotline.
3: Oh, but here's the deal. If you want to hit us on the hotline, remember the number. 929-464-464. Zero. 929-ing-ing. Zero. Hit us on the hotline.
1: Ready, ready. All right. We're going to hit our voicemail. This is from area code 610. <clears throat> West Philadelphia. Born and raised. Here we go. Hey,
2: John in Texas. My name is Alex and I follow Jack Street. I actually ask a lot of questions in the feed, but this one seemed appropriate for the hotline, which I've heard is always hot. So my question is about maintenance after bulking. Is it necessary and how long should maintenance last? I read somewhere that following a bulk, it's worthwhile to maintain for four to six weeks to allow your body to adapt to that new weight. And it's supposed to make the cut more efficient or something. It made some sense to me, but it's also the sort of thing that sounds like it could be bullshit. So I need the power athlete experts to weigh in. Thanks for taking my call. Bye.
3: All right. That was a pretty good question, especially from West Philadelphia.
1: Yeah. Nice. Enough, Bucks County. 45 seconds tight.
3: Yeah. That's uh, a yeah, 610 area code.
1: Yeah. It was closer to reading or reading. Yeah. yeah. yeah than, that's, I, but I had to drop the.
3: Yeah. If, if it had been a 215, that would have been Philly. But yeah, yeah 610 will get you. That Close too. enough. Bucks County. All right. So the, just to rehash the question, uh, he's on Jack Street, he's in the bulk and he's wondering what the maintenance phase and if he should hit a maintenance phase and for how long he should try to hit that maintenance phase after the bulk. Uh, he heard somewhere and doesn't know if it's bro science bullshit or real science that you should try to maintain the bulk for a little bit before you get into the cut. Now, um, I'll reserve all my feelings on bulking, cutting, and maintaining. So what do you guys think? What would you advise our friend from Philadelphia?
0: Yes, he probably does need to maintain a little bit. uh, Keep that lean muscle on. Don't know. There's a lot in there though, right? Like did he bulk and get fat or did he bulk and stay lean? Um, But regardless, you need to reset like your basal metabolic rate to your new your new breakdown of muscle to fat. And in order to do that, you just have to let the body breathe like a diet recovery, essentially. So the same thing like a deload week or on training. It's the same thing for a maintenance phase with nutrition.
1: So what would be an example of a diet recovery? Is that where, Hey, all right. Just modelos and uh, enchiladas.
3: <laughs> no, like, a, um, well, uh, uh, but like a, let's take it like a step back. Like if somebody comes to you and they're like, Hey Sam, I want to bulk. Like I I'm on Jack Street. I want to put on some weight. What's a comfortable amount of weight do you think that they can handle? Um, where, you know, the, you know, and we know when somebody goes for a bulk, they're never going to just put on 100% muscle unless they're using a bunch of performance enhancing drugs, which we're not advocating. Um, (laughs) so in a, like a, a natural environment, like what's a, What's an acceptable amount of weight that they could gain in a week over a month, maybe over three months if they, you know, were actually trying to put on weight in the bulk, but not trying to necessarily just put on, you know, 30 pounds of butter.
0: Um, realistically, I set my goals for like 5% increase, maybe five to 10%. And it just depends again, how their body's responding. I mean, I just had a client who it was, she was a female. She wanted to bulk with me. Um,
3: how rare is that
0: to Bulk with me? <laughs> um, but she was having a hard time gaining and we realized she had a, a huge amount of gut issues going on. Right. So that, that turned into an elimination diet. As soon as we got her off of the elimination diet, she shot up five pounds of like, and she looked lean and ready to go um so it really just depends what's really going on with you
2: so yeah, i think so, it i think it depends on you know who are you yeah. as a as an athlete right i mean and and what what do you want to do i think you know probably over you know three months like sam said you know five to ten percent kind of depends on how you know how how, how what your size is now you know five percent of 200 is what, like 10 pounds, right? Something like that. So, you know, it's probably, probably realistic.
0: Yeah.
3: So what, uh, I mean, when you do the bulk, I mean, obviously, uh, you know, we've always advocated making sure that they do some aerobic work so they stay in shape. Uh, but you know what, also calories are expensive. So if all of a sudden they're in a bulking situation, you know, and you're trying to say, Hey, if we know, uh, you know, a pound is equal to 3,500 calories, and we got to try to up this, you know, one to two pounds a week. So we got to pick up an extra 7,000 calories. And the guy's doing something like Jack Street. Are you guys advising them to maybe take some longer rest sets? Uh, maybe some inter, intra, you know, peri-nutrition uh, 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 approaches. But like, how are you necessarily getting at it? Is it just like, hey, we're going to throw in a couple extra meals at you? Go Doris Wahlborn style and just give Ooh. you pancakes? <laughs> Which sounds amazing. Don't get me wrong, but, you know. <laughs> I
2: think again, it it depends on, on, you know, the person and how, you know, what's their life outside the gym, like, um, how, how, um, how realistic is it for them to add meals, you know, in, if, if it isn't very realistic to add meals in, then they probably do need to do some sort of inner workout, uh, nutrition, you know, in taking some longer, um, break longer rest sets in between. And, and like you said, um, you know, eating the calories is, is, uh, expensive too. I mean, cause now you're also increasing, um, your digestion, you're increasing all that other stuff. So you're, you're kind of, um, you know, playing both ends of this. Plus the body has some, you know, crazy defense systems in there too, to kind of tell you to slow, slow your roll a little bit. So
3: are you talking about like, a, of, like, like know, a, like a, like know, a, decreasing, like a decreasing the metabolic rate, like getting into a situation where all of a sudden now, well, I, I guess it's more increasing. Like you've seen that in the lean where all of a sudden you start cutting calories and now all of a sudden they get a slower metabolic rate. And, you know, where their BMR might have been, you know, 2000. Now all of a sudden it's clicking down to 16, 17 because once it gets in the starvation, would you say that the opposite happens in the bulk when all of a sudden you start feeding it all of a sudden now that it goes up? So now you got to almost like calculate for more calories because the, ba- the basal metabolic rate is actually going up?
2: Well, I mean, it's going to theoretically, if you're adding weight, you're going to, you're going to increase your BMR a little bit. So you might have to, you know, handle that, handle up on that with some extra calories for sure. Um, I don't know that like you know i mean there's there's a set point theory and you see that certainly with um weight loss where you know your body doesn't like to get too far away from where it likes to be Mm -hmm. so it starts to do things like uh like you were talking about the bmr going down right so like you know you'll start maybe not not moving around not fidgeting as much you'll start to get hungrier um and that Opposite might start to happen uh, if you're starting to gain a little too far away from the set point too, where you maybe you won't get as hungry too. So like things like that will start to kind of happen.
3: Mm. So then, how are you tracking it? Like, um, and then also like, where does the variable of training go in? Uh, you know, and I always think for me personally, whenever I've had to do any type of like cuts or, you know, try to get down in sub 10%, it always helped for me to kind of overfeed a little bit and to kind of bang weights and try to push it. And then all of a sudden kind of get everything headed in this direction and then start the cut. I found that people, and especially when I was working with clients, um, you know, on kind of larger mass scale, the people that were always cutting tended to have the shittiest results because they were always in this kind of starvation diet mode and they were always kind of fighting for it. So there's kind of an ebb and flow. And I think that's what you guys are seeing where, Hey, I'm going to bulk for a little bit. I'm going to maintain, and then it's going to help me into the cut.
0: Yeah. And that's kind of uh, with Rob talking about the set point, that's where the maintenance comes in. Right? So if you've worked really hard to gain 10 pounds over three months, you want to make that your new set point. So you don't really fluctuate above or below that. Um, so that's another thing that like the maintenance in theory and what we've seen with our clients does provide. Um, so, you know, if you get down to 10% body fat, like that's your new low and then you maintenance and your body hovers around that 10 instead of hovering around that 14. Um, and so it's easier to get back to where you want to be.
3: So do you, uh, how often do you guys weigh your clients? I mean, are they turning in like, uh, are they reaching out to you guys daily, weekly, or, you know, what do you recommend in terms of managing scale?
0: I do uh, weekly check-ins and I recommend if some people are just strictly habit-based, uh, in the beginning, but if you're really wanting to do an aggressive lean or an aggressive bulk, I have at least three times a week. Um, so typically Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Monday keeps you honest <laughs> over the weekend, uh, especially if you're cutting. And then I average those weights when they email me on Friday and just say like, okay, are we trending up? down? Are we plateauing? Like, and it gives a good data set um,
3: If somebody's just
0: stepping on the scale of one day a week.
3: If somebody's trending, let's say the wrong way, like all of a sudden now they seem to be going up. Is it something where you're necessarily pulling out food or are you prescribing more exercise? Like, Hey, you need to get out and take some more walks uh, or we're going to, or, you know, or do, do you kind of have both of those levers? Like, Hey, let's turn up the uh, like the amount of exercise or maybe just some extra aerobic work before we start pulling out food.
2: Depends oh, on the okay. person. Yeah. I think, you know, it depends on the person and yeah. what they're, what they're like. If someone is uh, going the other direction and they're, you know, the only activity they get is their hour workout a day, then, then I would probably say, you know, add in some, some walking or something like that. Because, you know, that I think the, you know, I think the misnomer that people have is that uh, because I work out, I'm an active person. Um, and if you're a desk jockey and you only work out, then you're really not. You're more inactive than you are active. Sure. So yeah, you might be working out pretty hard in the gym, but uh, your overall day is probably sitting behind a desk. So you're not super inactive. You're not super active. So, so if that person is uh, maybe going the other direction, that I might, that I definitely might add in some activity, you know, walk or something like that, even.
0: Yeah. And two, you can look at diet, right? Like John, you're just saying you switched to pea protein and you're trending up. So oh. maybe they were like, Oh, I was trying this new, whatever food. And they're just retaining or they're unhealthy or like their guts unhappy. And you need to like identify, okay, what change did you actually make in the last week or two weeks? Um, and it could be something they're eating uh, stress. Yeah, sleep. There's a ton of stuff.
3: You know, I know in my case it was, it's basically like just uh, um, inflammation. Like I just feel super bloated and all of a sudden step on the scale was more. And it's like, I know I didn't put on uh, that muscle. I know that's not, I mean, there's no way to put on that much fat that quickly, but it's all of a sudden something where you're like, man, I just feel really inflamed. And like, my gut is like so full. And I stepped on the scale and it was crazy before I got all that blood work done. And then all of a sudden now i'm like up and uh, like in even in my head and i know you know like for all the uh for all the science and all the people we've worked with and all you know everything that we've ever read and people we've had on here like you have a big science kind of knowledge base but it's still like shit. what mistake am i making Like this this isn't trending the way i thought it would And I think the thing which is great about you guys and especially having kind of a nutrition coach and somebody to work with is there's a voice of reason because unfortunately you step on the scale, you see it and now all of a sudden like the little person in the back of your head is like, uh, you know, ready to like, you know, fucking burn the ships and figure out something else. And this shit fucking doesn't work. And you go all crazy. And it's nice to have individuals like yourselves to reach out to and be like, Hey, this is happening. And then it's like, you start playing the detective. Okay. What did you change? What are we doing different? Mm-hmm. Here's by the numbers, what we've been doing, what are they exercise? Are you still training? And you go through and you start kind of removing these different kind of barriers for it. And you may it very well might be something like, man, I changed this up and I feel super full all the time. And my, my digestion's off. And you're like, well, pull that out. And let's see if it changes. And then all of a sudden, you know, in you know, seven, eight days now, all of a sudden, they're back down to where they were before. And now you get to start it again. But I think what happens is if they don't have somebody like you guys, and that's why I call you guys nutrition ninjas, then they're kind of on their own to kind of figure out, you know, and then now all of a sudden they're on you know, page 475 of some bodybuilding.com form about, you know, uh, you know, about how to lose weight. And you're like, dude, I'm telling you it's not on there. And, uh, you know, and it, like, I always felt like we, we had, um, man, what was the name of the, uh, God, I can't remember the name of the dude we had on the podcast years ago. He made a good point where he said, if somebody can manage a spreadsheet, they can get in shape. And he's like, if you can just monitor your calories, track it, manage a spreadsheet and kind of move in the right direction and be smart and have somebody there to kind of guide you a little bit and, you know, basically keep you from, you know, fucking yourself up, you can usually meet your goal pretty well. And, um, you know, that seems to be the case.
2: Yeah, John, I think you made a a really excellent point there is uh, about being a detective, right? I mean, you do have to be kind of a detective and, you know, we... We, I tell people a lot, like you, you kind of have to be your own scientist and your, you know, you've, you've got to take a look, like, you know, you're pretty in tune with how you eat. So you realize that the one thing that you added in was this pea protein, right? And so you were able to ask the question, what, what's different, you know? And I think, I think a lot of people just are not that aware yet, right? And I think that's where Sam and I can kind of come in and help them be detectives and just ask the questions like, you know, are you doing this? What, what did you change? What kinds of things are are happening that you, that they themselves don't see because it's kind of like being a coach in the gym, you know, people are moving, but they don't see themselves. Right. So a coach outside sees them moving and has a much better perspective than, than typically those than than the people in the trenches doing it. Right. So we're there to be detectives and help them be detectives as well.
1: And Rob's making an excellent. <laughs> <point>. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Rob's making an excellent point in that the, the power of a nutrition coach and similar to a strength conditioning coach and a lot of the topics and perspectives we add to that, our nutrition coaches are expanding what a a coach means to someone. So Alex here from, where was he? Bucks County. Bucks County. 610 Westchester kind of area. He is asking specifically, I need some guidance maintaining. Is this going to last four weeks, five weeks? What should I do here? I still want to do this. Then we have still a nutrition coach coming to you. I need some accountability. I need an accountability, buddy. Somebody to tell me to put the fork down and daily check in, so on and so forth. So there's layers to this. It's not just providing what to eat, how much to eat. It's being there for them and being the detectives, empowering them and so much more.
3: Yeah. So it's really just somebody to help you go on that journey. And I think we see that all the time because, uh, you know, people buy the nutrition templates and they have the information. Um, And I think that's what's so valuable with you guys, especially with the consults that you guys are doing, where you're helping people kind of skin this and get on the right program and moving. And now there's a resource that they can reach back out to if things stall out. Um, you know, it's kind of like we, I, I run into this myself because we program for so many people. I hate writing programming for myself. So like, I'll reach out to other people and to friends and be like, Hey, uh, you know, send me some training programs just cause I'm really interested in what other people are doing. And I think with the nutrition stuff, it's easy to sit down and say, Hey, I got this. But, uh, to humble yourself to the point where you're like, Hey, you know what? Um, you know, uh, I'm going to need uh, some assistance and just somebody to talk through because, uh, as we've talked so many times on this uh, podcast, um, food is so emotional. Like there's such an amazing emotional connection with food, like more than anything else I've ever seen where, I mean, you know, almost like a drug, um, you know, where he, people tie emotion to food for, you know, for holidays and, you know, the smell of something, you know, like I just, uh, like my, uh, my brother is moving, they bought a new house and they're selling their old house. And uh, you know, there was like uh the realtor comes through and is like, hey, you know, um studies have shown that this smell in the house sells a home really quickly. So they like lit candles. My brother's like, You heard of this? I'm like, actually, I believe that. Sure enough, the first person that came through made an all cash offer over 10 grand of what they were asking. Oh, uh, what's the name of that candle, John? Uh why are you selling your house? I just want to have it in my back pocket. <laughs> in case you gotta sell. Uh-huh. Hmm. Market is hot, like the hotline. Yeah, but the problem is if you sell in a high market, you gotta buy in a high market. Yeah, okay, never mind. Yeah, it's a bad idea. But yeah, so <laughs> kind of an but uh, you know, like there's that kind of emotional connection that people have with food. Have you guys found when you're working with people that you gotta kind of weed through that a little bit and strip away a couple layers? Especially if you get into things where you're like, hey, you know, we have some issues now, we're an elimination diet, and now there's some emotional Sweet. baggage tied to these foods.
0: Yeah absolutely and there's a, along with that a big question is like family dinners like hey I have two kids a husband like how do I eat at dinner without being weird or cooking something completely separate and it's really like it's almost hard to talk about because it's so simple so it's like if you're having
3: dino nuggets what dino nuggets yeah, no, don't make <laughs> Have you ever seen this? So, Nuggies, John. So uh, not to cut you off, but just a funny, funny. joke when we were, you know, we take the kids to Costco and for years they were trying to get us to get them dino nuggets. And you guys know what <laughs> dino nuggets are. They're actually chicken nuggets that are breaded that look like dinosaurs. Oh, yeah. And they uh-huh. actually make gluten-free ones now. And uh, of course so, they do. so, yeah, of course they do. So <laughs> we got them and I like finally broke and uh, I cooked them and the kids like took like one bite and we're like these are awful and they didn't eat any of them. And so I was like, Oh, I just gave them to the dogs. The dogs actually slayed the dino nuggets, but they'll eat anything. So sorry. Go on.
0: Oh, probably they'd probably eat your salmon protein powder too.
3: (sighs) No, even the dogs would eat that shit. It was awful.
0: (laughs) Um, No, but it's, you know, say you're making spaghetti and meatballs, like don't mix it right away. Right. Like just, okay, cool. Have spaghetti and meatballs with the family, but measure out your spaghetti and measure out the meatballs right like just keeping it super simple um that's one of the things about nutrition being a ninja I don't really feel like a ninja because you're kind of just taking shortcuts and making it as easy as possible um but yeah I think we talked on a previous podcast about like emotion emotion um people want or feel they deserve certain things Um, So like, Hey, instead of buying that Starbucks latte or going out for that drink or whatever, put that money aside and buy something like nutrition coaching. Um, I actually told that to a lady recently on a console. I was like, you feel you can't stop drinking Starbucks, put that $5 every day into an envelope and there's your money for a whole month of nutrition. coaching."
3: Wait a minute. Wait a minute. She, she can't stop drinking Starbucks. What kind of Starbucks is she getting?
0: It was, it was a, a dirty chai latte, but it was like whole milk and all of the sweetener, like everything in it. And she's like, well, my husband just brings them home for me. And I'm like, ask him Divorce not. Divorce
3: him. To-. Yeah, get rid of it.
0: <laughs> just say no, thank you. <laughs> uh,
3: I, I think I told you guys uh, years ago, I had a nutrition client and like, you know, I was going through this log and it was like, you know, everything was laid out and they were like emailing me every day. These did like nutrition. They were hitting it and the scale was just going in the wrong direction. And finally I was like, okay, what's in this? What's in this? what's this coffee? Like, are you putting anything in the coffee? And she's like, well, yeah, I'm getting the Starbucks coffees. And I was like, well, what are you ordering? And she like gave me the name of something and I was like, okay, cool. So I went to Starbucks uh, and ordered this thing. (laughs) Sure enough, it shows up. It's like $14. Yeah. Right. It was like 27 half pumps of this and this, like there must've been 1300 calories in this fucking thing. And I like, I, I, I literally like snapped a picture, sent it back. I'm like, is this what you're drinking? Yeah. I have one of those a day. And I was like, so, be like, what? And it's pretty interesting. And it was like, I didn't know it was that calorically dense. I'm like when the dude's just hammering on the sugar dispenser, like like a, a, a like liquid sugary vanilla yeah, thing, just
0: sugar water.
3: Yeah, I'm like, you didn't think that that was? Oh, I just thought it was a coffee. I'm like, oh Jesus. So like, that's that kind of de- detective piece. And then I also think I'm like, you had to know this, but this is yeah. just somebody putting their head in the, in the sand, the proverbial yeah. like ostrich. And um, yeah, the Starbucks, I mean, personally I hate Starbucks. It's like the just, coffee like, tastes burnt. Like it's mm-hmm. like it's over roasted burnt coffee. So when somebody's yeah. like, Oh, I really like Starbucks. I'm like, you're not really drinking their coffee. Then you're getting uh, something else. No. Yeah. It's, it doesn't taste good, but it puts you in the right
1: amount of anger over caffeination to present at a seminar for eight hours in a row.
3: (laughs) (laughs) No, we just did that purely on just uh, spite, hate, and uh, hunger. Uh, oh the hunger the breakfast we can do a
1: whole episode uh, on fasting so, with john wellborn so a firsthand experience
3: yeah so on, on the seminars i would just be like fuck it like let's not eat breakfast just drink coffee and then we'll eat at lunch no and uh, <laughs> no. uh i didn't understand that daisy summers um you know uh, like if he doesn't get well fueled up in the morning you know has an emotional meltdown around 10 o'clock so then luke was like oh, I, I gotta get something to eat and I, i'm like no no just fucking fast just suffer through it and then as you're suffering they're suffering and every there's a lot of suffering here and uh then he'd somehow sucker these guys out i'm like you i'm like you pansies can go eat i'm gonna go fucking just drink coffee and be angry about it <laughs> <laughs> i might even drink some take a couple of aspirin make oh, sure we speed shit coffee up. <laughs> oh god that's another podcast what what you mean the one where i killed nate yeah. The hot coffee oh, incident. Dude. Um, so I, I have, uh, no sense of, of, uh, of temperature in my mouth. So I can drink like the hottest cup of coffee and be like, what do you mean? To the point where people are like, like, like I let it sit for an hour. So we went to go to coffees with Nate and, uh, he, I sent him into Starbucks. He comes out and get like two large Americanos. He hands it to me and I start pounding it and I see Nate look over <laughs> and he kind of shakes his head, takes a sip and then spits it out all over the car. He burned his mouth and actually had like, um, like, like some, like not sores, but like, like wounds in his mouth from like the hot coffee burning his tongue. And like, he was all fucked up and he's like, I can't believe you drink that stuff. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm totally impervious to any hot liquid. He's like, that would have been good information to tell me yesterday. And I'm like, well, you got to figure that shit out the hard way. <laughs> oh,
0: sorry, that just really
1: yeah. All right. One, one final piece to tack onto this question. And I mean, we gave specific calories And it's just said maintain, but is there a number? What I'm looking for is a specific number. Is it calculated based off body weight?
3: Do we reverse engineer? That's a real
1: reverse engineer from protein and macros.
3: No, I mean, like like you have to look at like your basal metabolic rate is the rate at which your body burns calories with no exercise. Like, how many calories does your body need to keep autonomic function going? And there's a million different calculators online, Uh, they're usually always wrong. Um, Just because they are, Uh, you know, because like there's no one size fits all. I mean, there's things like, you know, we know that body fat's extremely oxidative, which is going to reduce it. You know, the leaner you are, the more calories you can handle. So, I mean, there's a bunch of different variables. But realistically, the only way you know is with the scale, which I think right. is really interesting. I've tried to diet people off a of look, like how do they look in the mirror? And I had this whole theory that you didn't have to use a scale. You could just go off of how you look. And then I realized that... um there's something within your mind within the id where it actually protects you off of a mirror image where you see the best version of yourself. And that's why, like, I'm sure you, you've done this where you like look in the mirror and you're like, Oh yeah, this looks fine. And then you see a picture and you're like, dude, I look like a total asshole in that, that shirt that was totally ill fitting or this hat looks stupid. And you're like, but it looked fine in the mirror. And, uh, there was a, a, a whole piece of psychology. Cause I, I had this theory. I'm like, you know what? Fuck what people weigh. It should be how they look. And I was like, well, you know what, like in the mirror is different than, than than physically seeing it. So I, I, then at that point I just started getting people to send me pictures. And then I realized I was like, shit, they have to know the scale to know whether or not they're headed in the right direction. Mm -hmm. And you know, while the scale doesn't have to necessarily be the end all be all like the scale weight doesn't matter. We just need it for a number to track, to know whether or not the calories we're, we're prescribing are accurate. And then at that point you're like, okay, how are you looking? What's the body composition look like? We don't want you to look like a, you know, um, uh, fucking deflated bag or an inflated bag, whatever, but we need it to know based on, because like, there's a lot of, uh, you know, whether or not people want to know, there's actually a ton of math on this thing. Like yeah. how many calories are you consuming? Mm-hmm. How many are you burning? Are you getting into deficit? How long are you staying in deficit? You know, we don't want to stay in deficit, uh, you know, exponentially over time. So there has to be an ebb and flow in that.
0: Yep. So, so I guess. Yeah. So like we get a scale. One oh, sorry. I'm so good.
1: get that bathroom scale that people
3: have scared you away from purchasing. Well, but I mean, there was a whole thing and I, fuck. Um, and you guys have seen this, there's all this like, but you know, and, and I'm, I'm all for like the body of the body positivity thing where it's like, Hey, be your best version of you. The problem is, is I can't subscribe to somebody being unhealthy, And them being like, well, you have to accept me because I'm happy with me. And it's like, well, that's true. But you're, you know, 200 pounds overweight. I know you feel fine and you think that you're okay and that we shouldn't. And then there there should be no shaming involved. But at the end of the day, I'm not going to tell you the sky is red when it's blue. So like that. And I think for you guys, it's like, hey, what's your goal? I need you to weigh yourself. It might be painful, but it's only painful the first time. And as long as it's moving in the right direction, we're going to get where we want to go. And usually there's an interesting uh, correlation between like, if we see the scale headed in the right direction, all of a sudden now the body's composition starts changing more so than just being like, fuck it, let's get, let's try to fix the body composition and hope the scale works.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause it's just a tool, right? Like you can, I'll just use myself as an example, uh, post baby number one, I got down to 130 pounds, but I was, my body composition had completely changed, right? Like I was skinny, and I didn't like that. I was like, I'd rather have more weight on the scale and have denser muscles. So like, I was like, okay, now it's bulk, which that was interesting mindset for me. Um, Cause you know, we're in gray or maybe you don't know, but being why, lighter Why is did better. you get
3: so skinny? Uh, was it for breastfeeding?
0: Um, yeah. Breastfeeding. Um, I was chasing after my eight-year-old stepson, a six month old. Um, and just during pregnancy, since I didn't lift as heavy. I just lost some muscle mass. Um, and I can tell it's happening again, just cause you know, the pressure on the pelvic floor and I'm still sure. lifting. I'm just not able to go for as heavy of sets right now. Um, so I think I just wasn't able to build back yet. Um,
3: you know, that happened was, to my wife and I used, to, I, I called it the concentration camp when she was breastfeeding of <laughs> uh, the twins and like, it was literally like, I watched this woman just shrinking in front of me <laughs> yeah. to the point where she was, um, I would go get her like two pounds of this, like dark chocolate honeycomb. So they take honeycombs and they dip them in, in dark chocolate. Wow. I'd get her two pounds Yum. and I would, <laughs> I would drop them off. And while she was breastfeeding, she put them on the pillow and would just crush these things. And oh yeah, she I was, was
0: eating so much. Yeah.
3: Like, like she had I just like,
0: couldn't keep like up.
3: yeah. Like three Thanksgiving dinners, like ever, like she was eating like double what I was eating. And it was just like, she was just fading away into this. I was worried that the wind would blow and she just blow, blow away. So I, this I, is I,
0: not recommended to anybody. And I can't believe I'm saying it on a podcast, but I was crushing Reese's puffs. Like I could not get enough milk and Reese's puffs. And my husband was like, seriously, this is what you want. And I was like, the stays between us that eat the family <laughs> size in like 2 days.
3: Good. And you know what like I I I think uh especially with pregnant women like there's this idea that you know uh I was in good shape and now I've had these kids and I have to get back and uh I remember telling my wife I'm like enjoy this. Yeah. Then, you know and she like couldn't wrap her head around it and we kind of joke about it today she's like man I could eat like a gallon of ice cream and lose weight and I'm like <laughs> perfect. So it's what everybody hopes for. Like
0: I had ab veins and everything and I'm like, this is great, but oh my gosh, I need to thick. I need to become thick again. I feel wimpy.
3: Nice. So then you start banging some weights and eating a bunch and of And then protein. I got
0: pregnant again, you know?
3: <laughs> Damn it. It's funny how that happens.
0: I know. It's like, oh, I feel really good about myself. Oh, okay. Here we go.
3: Yeah. And you know what? Uh, what's good is congratulations. And also um, like, cause on the other side, and you guys have said, you know, obviously had friends and people like this as a parent, like of three kids. And Rob, I know you got kids as well. Tex, <laughs> no kids yet. Um, but uh, like, you know, the idea of like having them um, and like, you know, stress is all this. I always kind of imagine or we hear stories about people on the other side where they can't get pregnant. Mm-hmm. And exactly. they go through the like, holy shit. Like, I mean, the amount of people that I've known whose marriages have just ended because they couldn't have kids and this, it's mm-hmm. just, man, people put so much pressure on themselves with that. Whereas I'm kind of like, oh, it just doesn't just kind of wife comes home one day and tells you you're pregnant. I guess it doesn't happen like 1950 style, yeah. like it did to us, you know?
0: And there's a lot with diet that you can mess around with as a female and as a male mm-hmm. to help, um, with conception and, and everything too. So
3: yeah. We, we were just going through that on the block one. One of the guys got some blood work done and, oh, cool. uh, his, he posted some of the results. What would they look for? Well, he was, um, obviously just, you know, trying to be healthy and get a hormone panel. And what was interesting was his total test was pretty good, but we're not necessarily interested in total tests. We're more interested in like what, you know, free tests, what's bioavailable. Mm-hmm. And his number was really on the low side with bio with, for the free and the bioavailable. And, um, you know, like, Hey, you know, and he goes into the doctor and like, what do you think? And, you know, and then all of a sudden, the you know, sex binding glob or sex hormone binding globulin was through the roof. It was in the fifties, which is pretty interesting because, you know, that's created in the liver. And what happens is it gets released. It eats up and kind of attaches all that free testosterone. So, um, you know, and that happens from like, you know, obesity, oxidative state, it can happen from stress or, you know, some something going on in the liver. Uh, the most interesting one that I read some research on is like our grandparents, or let's say your great grandparents were like, you know, your father, uh, uh, I'm sorry, your great grandfathers were probably had like a sex hormone binding globulin of like 10. And now like the average is like 25, 50, 75, they've had people as high as 300. And when that happens now all of a sudden there's like no testosterone circulating in the body you know and all of a sudden now they're seeing like asexual i mean there's all of these weird interesting things and you start kind of unpacking why and one of the big things that they were pointing to you know to kind of cue this john sapolsky was uh the leaching plastic you know having a estrogenic effect in the body and increasing sex hormone binding globulin so there's some strategies for it but I mean, there's something where you think you're being healthy, you think you're training and all of a sudden you go in and you get a check kind of like using the scale. And now all of a sudden, like, holy shit, here's a new obstacle for me to deal with.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: So that's what she was talking about in terms of like tweaking as an adult and or as a male. And then also on the other on the female side, um, PCOS, you know, where all of a sudden um, insulin's real high and the um the egg won't attach to the uterus wall. We, we, I had a client back in, uh, in Newport beach who had had that her whole life. And then all of a sudden at age 45, she gets pregnant just by going on a low carb diet a little bit of exercise, got in better shape, stop smoking, stop drinking. Next thing you know, she's pregnant like, like that after trying for 20 plus years. So pretty amazing shit can happen. Surprise. Yeah. 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 And her husband was getting ready to retire in his fifties. And then all of a sudden she got pregnant with twins,
0: Oh. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> naturally.
3: Yeah. Naturally. She, they, okay. uh, she was 40, like in her forties naturally, uh, just get reserved the fact that she was never going to have kids. Starts training with us, goes on a paleo low carb diet. and you know, gets pregnant with twins. And her husband was well,
0: "Isn't like, there research that the older you are, if you get pre- like as a female, when you get pregnant, the higher likelihood of twins.
3: Yeah, there, there is. Um, oh, yeah. but I also wonder if that's due to, or if, like, uh, um, all the kind of the, like
0: in vitro and stuff. Yeah.
3: All the baby magic that's happening. You have um, to
0: sign waivers. That's I, like, Hey, I consent I, that I will probably have multiples.
3: I, I call it baby magic because, uh, like these doctors, these fertility doctors out in, you know, I, I don't know here in Austin. I just know in Southern California, um, work are like wizards, like the, the stuff yeah. that they pull off. Um, Pretty interesting. One one of the guys I went to high school with that I grew up with on our street, he um, pretty, well, he's married to another man. Um, I didn't know about it until I saw his wedding pictures on Facebook. And I was like, oh, so-and-so got married. And I was like, huh, they're both wearing tuxedos. And then they're like, oh, oh, um, okay, great. You know, like, hey, go live your best life. And uh, he he gets married to another dude, both like real good looking guys, like live in West Hollywood. So it kind of makes sense. Um, yeah. they hire a woman or a, a woman to, uh, have a baby for them. So they have a baby and then they decide like, we're gonna do it again. And they decide, Hey, we're going to put in two eggs. So that, cause I, I, I guess, uh, the first time they had gone through it, it didn't work. And then they had to do it a second time. And then they finally got the baby. So they were like, let's cover our bases. Let's put in two eggs. And then one of the eggs splits and they ended up with triplets So they had four kids under the age of like eighteen months. The uh,
1: the head (laughs) dripping lacrosse coach here. He was on Today Show this morning because they got a little girl too, and then they had four, so three girls and one boy, just a month or so ago. So the winter storm. I'm not sure. I didn't. I'm not that Uh, close with the dude, but well, I mean that's. uh, But then the winter storm. So why they were on Today is. They the kids were preemies all oh, of them. So yeah. they were separated during the big storm, oh, and shit. then reunited
3: oh. on today. So well, the um, but, so five kids under two. So when we had uh, when we had just twins, uh, like when our, our daughters were born, actually, they, this, they were born at Hoag Hospital in, in uh, Newport Beach. Uh, the nurses kept coming in because they were like, we heard that they were natural twins in the hospital. Oh, and like they just kept coming in, and to the point where I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, why is this a big deal? And she's like, well, well we haven't seen natural twins in a long time. And uh, I was like, why? And she's like, well, you know, the in vitro and they went through the, the a lot of women are having this baby magic done. And there, that's when you see a high chance of multiples and to actually have natural twins is pretty unique. And like, we felt like celebrities for a day. Do, do you remind your girls that you're naturals? You're just naturals. <laughs> uh, yeah. Like I, no, they, I, I, <laughs> I'll tell you, uh, nine years old is an interesting age because they're still kids, but like they're on the cusp of teenagers. And so like they have this kind of balance of both where I get to see it and I just fear for the future where I'm like, ah, they're, they're I gonna- think
1: they'll be fine. They constantly make fun of me pretty good. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, they're I'm impressed. <laughs> they'll be fine. Yeah. They come down and they just talk shit to Tex. What's up, Daisy?
3: So Texadaisy has evolved now to just Daisy, Daisy, you know, like Daisy with like little kids. So they somehow came up with Daisy to Texadaisy, which is funny now that we're putting this out. Cause the Penguino now will have a, a meme with, sure. uh, with you as a Daisy standing up. Yeah. So now it's just short. What's up, Daisy? Yeah. They're, they're actually pretty good shit talkers. Uh, so I, I drive them to the school on Fridays and they sit in the back and, uh, just talk trash about each other it's pretty funny i'm like damn this is kind of hurtful like yeah cheese stick have thick skin <laughs> uh, no like like their thing now is uh they compete in everything like it's ridiculous they're in separate classes so now they were like their spelling test was today and it's like i bet you i get a 100 i bet you i get the bonus words and i'm like what are we betting <laughs> Ooh. Oh yeah, it's pretty good. They're they're funny kids, man. They're they're. Uh, I, I actually had a good talk talk with them today. That uh, when I was growing up, if you did good in class, people were like, "Oh, what are you a nerd?" And like, there was something cool about not being good in school. And yeah. like, I was always kind of super nervous to come home with a bad grade, so I studied because I can't imagine like some kid at school calling me a nerd was way less stressful than going home and having my mom scream at me for getting a bad grade. Yeah. So I was like, "Yeah, nerds." like I still got good grades. (laughs) So now it's completely changed. Yeah. Like, like the single bag, like in the uh, 21 21 jump where like, now it's like all the smart kids
1: and Billy Madison, when he rolls up and pops his (laughs)
3: collar on the hood of that uh,
1: trans am rocking REO (laughs) speed wagon.
3: So uh, I was in the, uh, and and like, now it's like uh, I asked um, my daughter and she's like, you know, the smartest kids are by far the most popular kids. And I'm like, that wasn't at all how it was when I was growing up. Like the smart kids were nerds. And like, you know, she's like, no, it's the the coolest kids are by far the ones that get the best grades. So I was like, I like it. I'm totally I'm totally happy with it. All right. There we go. I mean, talk about detours and complete tangents, (laughs) as is tradition with Power Athlete Radio. (laughs) So don't get distracted with your nutrition. (laughs) Head to
1: powerathletehq.com backslash nutrition for more information on our opportunities to learn more, get a coaching experience, get our templates for being, uh, for gaining and leaning. Yeah. And, uh, and
3: then we also have a performance protocol where you can right. actually book a consult with Robert or and Sam or and or, and uh, have them custom design, which we call the performance. We used to have a performance protocol and we realized it was just not as accurate as we needed it to be. So the performance was, Book a consult, work with a professional, have them set it up, get you dialed and get you headed in the right direction. If you guys are on Train Heroic, uh any of the programs, Hammer, Jack Street, Field Strong, Grindstone, Johnny Wad, Johnny Bod, Lean, Iron and Flex, Able. Lean Enable, Third Monkey, you will see Rob and Sam patrolling those like ninjas, offering good advice, dropping tidbits, trying to educate, you know, blow minds, break hearts, everything they need to do. And if you need more information, reach out. They are there. And if you have questions, we have answers on the hotline. Ooh, and yeah. what was that number again? Text 929-464-464-0929-ing-ing-0. Great.
1: And if drop your socials team, if if our listeners want to just start to follow you and learn from your social experience.
0: Yes. So mine is Samantha underscore underscore Flaherty. Um, and then my email is Samantha Flaherty at PowerAthleteHQ.com. We, Rob and I share an email along with you guys at nutrition at powerathletehq.com as well. So that would come to all of us.
2: And on Instagram, I'm PT Rob 1967 And my email is RobXLine at powerathleteheadquarters.com, hq.com.
3: Awesome. Boom. Well, thanks guys. Thanks for joining us on another episode of the premier podcast of Strength Conditioning Power Athlete Radio. Bye. 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 Bye.